still to come on the Jerry Williams Morning Show. I'm Glenn Campbell, and this is Jerry Williams Morning Show. Oh, man, does that bring back memories. As for my old morning show, WLIX, 540 AM, Long Island, New York. I was there from 88 to 95, and that aired on August the 15th, 1991, the morning I had Glenn Campbell on the show with me. This is Life with Jerry Williams, the podcast. I thought I had lost that tape, but I found it, and I'm going to share that interview with Glenn Campbell on this episode of the podcast. But first, this week's good news. Congratulations to the LA Dodgers. They beat the Tampa Bay Rays in six games to win the World Series. It's the first championship for the Dodgers since 88. The Rays, one of six franchises to have never won a World Series. Well, the latest shortage associated with COVID-19, mason jars. Their sales have gone up 600% since August and have not come back down. More people are gardening. And when you garden, you get a lot of fruit and vegetables and you got to do something with all that. Well, they're canning and jarring at home and they're using mason jars to do that. Now, there is no shortage yet of Tupperware, but their sales are up 300% this year with more people, again, COVID-19, eating at home. They need something to store all those leftovers in. Stock price of Tupperware more than doubled. You got to be careful when you teach a pet a trick. You have to make sure you teach them the entire trick. That was a lesson that Jasmine Stork of UK learned the hard way. She has a cat and this cat was taught how to turn on the sink in the bathroom, the upstairs bathroom, that's crucial in the story, to get a drink. And Jasmine thought it was kind of cute until she came home for, for lunch last week from work to find the upstairs flooded and water leaking through the ceiling. The cat had turned on the sink with the stopper in. You see, no one had bothered to teach the cat how to turn off the water. <laughs> so Jasmine now keeps that bathroom door closed. Another story from England. A man recently spent a night in jail in England, and he wrote the police kind of a thank you card, and he included two winning scratch-off lottery tickets worth about 12 bucks. The note read, Thank you so much for your hospitable stay. However, the coffee was terrible. Therefore, please use the enclosed funds to go get some good coffee. Well, the police responded on social media saying, we're going to keep the coffee just as it is for now in the hope that you don't return. And we're going to donate the money to a local charity. Well, a reporter picked up on the story and they, they had to ask the police station there, what kind of coffee are you serving that somebody would take the trouble to write a thank you note like that and give you money to buy better coffee? Well, the police response was, oh, we get the uh, coffee that is the best value for the taxpayer. If you're listening to this, the day this podcast comes out, November the 2nd, 2020, tomorrow is election day in the United States, although a lot of people have been voting early. Like this one lady in Orlando, Florida. She went into labor. So her husband got her in the car. They're headed to the hospital and they pass by the place in Orlando where you can do your early voting. Well, she makes her husband stop the car so they can go in and vote. He says, honey, we, we, we plenty of time for that. Let's come back after you have the baby. No, I'm not going to have this baby until we vote. She said, well, by then she's so far into labor. She can't even get out of the car. She said, you go in and vote and send somebody out here with a ballot for me. 
So he goes, he waits in line, gets his ballot and tells the poll worker, my wife is out in the car getting ready to pop out a baby. Would you please take a ballot to her so we can get to the hospital and have this baby? So the poll worker goes out there, gives her a ballot, said, just fill this in and mail it to us. And if you mail it by such and such a date, you'll be fine. And the woman says, no, 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 I have to vote now. I can't have this baby until I voted. So she filled out the ballot, gave it back. Husband got in the car. They went to the hospital. Of course, the election officials are not releasing the name of this woman. So we have no idea if she had a girl or a boy, but we assume that both mom and baby are doing well. And now for the honeybee story of the week, the first nest of Asian giant hornets in the United States has been found and destroyed in Blaine, Washington. The uh, Washington Department of Agriculture found it by capturing some live hornets and tying tracking devices onto them using dental floss. Well, one of the hornets led them to the nest, which was destroyed. Coming up, that interview with Glenn Campbell. In August of 1991, I had an opportunity to spend the better part of a day with Glenn Campbell. I was working at a radio station, WLIX, on Long Island, New York, and my boss, Lloyd Parker at the time, uh, and I drove into New York City. We took a limo in because we were picking up Glenn Campbell at his hotel, drove him back out to the island. So there's an hour and a half or whatever with Glenn in the limo, spent the rest of the day with him in the studio, showing him around a little bit. And then I did an interview with him that aired on August the 15th, 1991. Now, back in those days, before the Internet and uh, before I, compact discs were just new, so you'll hear me mention his latest album as a compact disc quite often because that was a pretty big deal back in 1991, having a compact disc out. This was recorded, though, off the air on a cassette in my office at the radio station, and it was triggered by me turning on the microphone. Well, this was a pre-recorded interview, and there's once, I think, where I, I didn't quite get the microphone on to catch the beginning of a segment with Glenn, and you'll notice we sort of pick up in the middle of a segment. The audio is not great because, again, it was recorded off the air onto a cassette player, but I've, I've fixed it as best I can with my limited audio-fixing ability. It's a great rambling conversation with the late Glenn Campbell. Good morning. My name is Jerry Williams. That's brand new music. You recognize a couple of those voices. The name of the song is The Greatest Gift of All from the brand new compact disc, Show Me Your Way. It's a duet with Russ Taft and Mr. Glenn Campbell. And it's so good to have you with us this morning, Glenn. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Tell us about this, uh, this song in particular and, and about this latest project, Show Me Your Way, the duet, The Greatest Gift of All with Russ Taft. What, what is that song about? How, how did that come about? Uh, my conductor wrote that uh, probably three years ago. And it's, it's, it's just something that always stuck with me, The Greatest Gift of All. Uh, and I really do like the song. I like the way it was put together. And uh, Russ, you know, or Ross as I call him sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> he's a... Ross is good. He really is good. And he, you know, he come and begged me to sing on it, so I let him. That was nice of you. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, you, boy, what's so great? I don't run into the uh, prejudice or the uh, insecurity in Christian artists that I do in, in secular artists. You know, like I can, I can kid Russ and he can take it. You mm -hmm. know? But boy, you say something about some people and they go, they think you mean it serious. It's amazing. But Russ, is a, he's a great friend and what a great, great singer he is. The question maybe a lot of folks are asking, Glenn, uh, 
What is Glenn Campbell doing with a Christian record album? Well, after No More Nights, I found out I was a secular artist because uh, I won the Dove Award for Best Christian Album for a Secular Artist. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'll be dead gum. They still cubbyhole you, don't they? You know, they try to put you in a notch or in a niche some way. And uh, I didn't cut another Christian album since then because I really I didn't have the songs. I didn't think uh, were right. I asked Jimmy Webb to write me a couple. But what really, the reason I cut this album, when, I was, when we were doing the Dove Awards, I asked Phil Driscoll to write me a song. And about six months or a year later, here comes the song Jesus and Me, which I think is just fabulous on the album. And uh, Phil wrote it about himself, but he put my life in it. You know, it's amazing. He probably wrote that song in 20 minutes. Mm. And, and it's probably it's as good a song as I've ever heard. And it fits Glenn Campbell's life story. It really does, because I thought I'd pay some dues, but it, that's, that's not enough. You know, it's amazing what the song says. I met Jesus, and I'm alive, and I'm free. But that's why I did. That's why I wanted to do the album. So you don't necessarily pigeonhole yourself as, uh, or, or label yourself as a country artist, uh, an adult contemporary artist, a Christian artist. What? That's, yeah, I just like to put music out and not aim it at nobody. You know, just try to do something. I think a, a great song written by Bob Bennett in the album is uh, "Unto the Least of These." I think it's just a great song for the for the homeless. Uh, I just don't aim it at nobody, uh, and people can actually take it for what it is, but. You almost have to do that in mm -hmm. secular radio today, and it's getting that way in Christian radio. You almost have to aim it because all the, all the Christian stations, there's adult contemporary, there's southern gospel, there's uh, classics. All, all different kinds. There's all different kinds. But you've certainly done that throughout your career. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've, you've crossed over different borders as well, if not better than, than anybody else. With, with, just go through a list of some of your hits. Yeah, they have. I had one time, I, during, when we were doing the Glenn Campbell Good Time Hour, I had uh, eight albums in the top ten in the country charts mm. and five in the pop charts. That was including the duet with Bobby Gentry, which I thought was a pretty good record. I have been very lucky, but I think that's the power of television, Jerry. Uh, you know, if you're on TV every week and you got the number one show and 50 million people a week are watching you, you know, whether two and a half million people in the United States, you know, you go through five weeks, you pretty well covered it. I mean, that's really a lot of word of mouth, and it really did. It was amazing. I never dreamed that, uh, you know, I would, it would ever come to this. In other words, uh, Jesus Christ took me farther than I ever dreamed I would go, because it was, it was Jesus all the way, I know, he, because I ain't smart enough to, to do that. Hmm. We're going to hear more from Glenn Campbell from his brand-new album, Show Me Your Way, and find out a little bit more about the TV show, if that's okay. okay. We're going to do that in uh, just a couple of minutes, plus more of your favorite Christian music coming up on another No Repeat Thursday. Welcome to the morning, Jerry Williams will set you on your way. With a little help from Glenn Campbell. Then when I went over the Good Time Hour, that was on Tuesday night. Hmm. And then when they put it on Wednesday night at 7.30, I really got a lot of mail from, from the Christian area. Because prayer meeting. they went to prayer meeting <laughs> and the TV show was on. They, they, I bet I got... 100,000 letters saying, put Glenn back on it on Tuesday at really? 7.30. Really? Yeah. Did they do it? No. They put me on <laughs> Sunday night, which is the same uh, difference, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. They get a good show, and they, don't, they put it where the Christians are in church. Mm. I remember I remember watching it. Apparently, I wasn't at church a lot on Sunday nights or something. My dad's a pastor. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe it was the time we didn't have... Well, it was on Tuesday but nights where you saw it. That's, that's where it was. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Glenn Campbell. And then you right. start into... Gentlemen, mind. Gentlemen, mind. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. 
voice of the song. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd stand up and uh, about 275 people was all the studio held. It looked bigger than that on TV. But when they were all applauding, they wanted the audience applauding and me talking on top of it. And that's why it was like that. You know, the, the, hi, I'm Glenn Campbell. And <laughs> it was just that high. I, just, I did it that way to, for it to be audible. Mm-hmm. And also I was nervous. Now, how long did that show run? Four years, about. Or three and a half. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was a good run. Uh, CBS would have had to pay, you see, $240,000 for the show. They put the signing chair on for $140,000, so they saved themselves $100,000 and got a word show. No. <laughs> that, that was what replaced your show with Sonny and Cher? Yeah. Well, see, I didn't, I didn't know that. I'd mm-hmm. forgotten all about that. Yeah, I, actually, I had run the gauntlet, though. You do, you do three years of television. You, you've chewed up most of the material that's possible to do without repeating yourself. Well, the for, the reason, for, for the format of your show, it was a, a variety show. Yeah, a variety, country pop rock, and, and comedy. Mm-hmm. The reason the show was successful was the writing, you know. That's why the Bible is successful. Mm. I mean, you know, they say what's a, they, I, I look at number one list on the booksellers. Well, the Bible outsells the number one book by thousands and thousands every day. Uh, was the writing. Uh, Steve Martin was a writer. McLean Stevenson, Rob Reiner, Stiller and Mirror, Jack Burns, Avery Shriver, Hartford, Mason Williams. So you got a who's Bob who Einstein, of American comedy today. Bob Einstein, Albert Brooks, his brother was a writer, who is Albert, uh, Albert Einstein, so he changed the name to Brooks, the actor. <laughs> he was a writer on the show. It, it was just an incredible writing staff. All I had to do was go on and say, hi, I'm Glenn Campbell, sang my songs, read the cue cards, and it was done. The rest of it was the writing. Do you keep in touch with any of those people? Do you see any of those people still today? Oh, yeah. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona 10 years ago. I had to get out of L.A. I don't know why, I, I, other than it being so congested and crowded, you know. I moved to Phoenix, Arizona and found a great church, North Phoenix Baptist Church. It's a great place to do concerts. I go and sing. Part of the ministry. I really. You sing in the choir whenever you can, don't you? I sing with the choir. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't read music, so I can't sing in the choir. I have to learn it. <laughs> but it's great fun, Jerry. It really is. Now you've done you've done the TV show. Of course, you've. How many albums have you actually recorded? I don't know. There was, there's a discology out. I'd say close, probably close to fifty. Mm. Uh, counting the counting the contemporary Christian album. You've done movies. Yeah. True Grit with uh, with John Wayne. Right. And what was the female lead in that? Kim Darby. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. Kim Darby. And Norwood. What did I do? I did Strange Homecoming with Robert Cole, which was probably the best thing I did in the movies. Actually, though, you know, I made John Wayne. I pushed him so good hard in True Grit that he won his only Oscar. That's right. Yeah, actually, I made John Wayne look so good in True Grit that he won his only Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. What do you but enjoy most you of imagine, all the things? I mean, like you. You, you. You've been down in the South. I know you're from Jersey, but... You've been down in the South. You know, I come out of the cotton field and the corn patch and I'm watching John Wayne in the movies, and all of a sudden, I'm on a horse beside him, and it was, it mm-hmm. was awesome. I thank the Lord just put me there just to see what I would do. You know, just, he set me here, and he set me there, and it's just amazing what uh, I have gone through that I never dreamed of. And it, looking back on it, it does seem like a dream. It is amazing. What, of all the things that you've done, what do you enjoy doing the most? Uh, on stage in front of a live audience. 
you know, most people, you know, over death. Number one is being on, getting on stage in front of an audience. But That's right. I love to do that now because since Jesus is running my life, I'm telling you, you talk about a smooth road. Uh, I don't drink, I don't cuss, I don't do songs that in any way insinuate into lust or sensual. And it's so much fun to go on on that stage totally bare, totally free, rather, of any burdens, you know, mm. or guilt. Uh, I can be Glenn Campbell. I can say funny things. I can joke. I can talk and feel totally free to do that, which I couldn't do before. You know, I'd, I'd get out on stage and if somebody's making noise, it'd make me mad, you know. Mm. <laughs> I thought they were talking about me. Or they'd huddle at a football game. I thought they were talking about me. But it, it's just amazing. That's what I enjoy most is being out live in front of an audience. You do it once. There's no retakes. Mm. Retakes are boring. They really are. TV, movies, anything, you know, do the same thing over and over and over. You want to do a retake here? No, no, oh, we're okay. fine. I just was waiting for you to finish. <laughs> just hanging, hanging on every word. We do, we do need to check in with Mark Maniscalco and the WLIX Weather Center. Okay. We're going to continue talking with Glenn Campbell as soon as we find out what it's going to be like today, Mark. Jerry, for today, we're looking at a lot of clouds around and the chance. Christian 54, WLIX, Long Island's Christian Radio. Good morning. My name's Jerry Williams, and that's Glenn Campbell and Ann Murray. Show me your way, O oh Lord, from Glenn's brand new compact disc, Show Me Your Way. That's the title cut. That's the title cut. And did that as a, as a favor, as a friend? Yeah. Or did uh, she also beg you to do the album like Chris? Well, Ann's been wanting to do a Christian album, and he's coming around. Uh, if not already. I hadn't talked to Annie in a while. Uh, but she wants to do a contemporary Christian album. And no, that's exciting. I think she wants to show me how low she can sing, too. <laughs> Anne can sing. She's just such a good artist. Doesn't she have a tremendous voice? Yeah, she really does. Uh, I did an album with Anne. We did a duet, a secular album, and I'd like to do a duet, a Christian album with her. And I'd like to have Jimmy Webb write the song mm. that wrote the Where I'm Going off of this album. He wrote quite a bit of your, uh, your bigger hits. Yeah, Jimmy wrote... Uh, Phoenix, Wichita Lyman, Galveston, Honey Come Back, uh, Where's the Playground, Susie? He produced, arranged MacArthur Park when he was 19 years old and wrote it. Up, Up, and Away. He's just awesome. Uh, I Love You and That's All I Know. Mm. He's just an awesome, awesome artist. You talked about now that you've, you've, you go out on stage free of all those burdens that you had in the past. Give us just, if you can, and I know it's difficult to do in a short amount of time, but... It, uh, just a synopsis of, of how you came to be where you are right now. Uh, I, 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 give, I give Christ the credit for all of it. He, he was guiding Glenn Campbell. He had, to, he had to pick me up and drag me out of some muck occasionally. But uh, I think the, the reason was hosting the Summer Brothers Mother Show. That kicked it off, the power of television. Uh, I was lucky enough to cut good songs. Uh, Jimmy Webb, to me, is a... Is a Probably the best American produced, I think, as far as a musical poet goes. His music is incredible. His lyrics are incredible. And I was lucky enough to get songs that the, you know, and, and Phoenix, by the time I get to Phoenix, still holds up. Wichita Lionel oh, still yeah. holds up. I like that Galveston still holds up. And it's a, uh, and it took a while for me to get used to handling all of that. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I would, I would, they would point me and I would go, back, you know, right after the TV show was. You know, I, I found in a few cases they was pointing me in directions I didn't really care to go. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, for promotion, you know, lie for promotion's sake. Well, bullcorn, I know better than that. I was taught better than that. You know, the little church of Christ or Bill's when I was a kid. 
You can't do that. I, mm -hmm. I see it still today, you know. Don't tell people you're married because it will... Uh... I said, well, what do you mean? That's so stupid. You can't yeah. lie and expect to better yourself. I, I even knew that then, and I was, I'd never been baptized. But uh, in a nutshell, I'm here because of Jesus Christ. Yeah, obviously. He's... I drowned when I was about 21 months old, and uh, I think he thought it was too little, and he threw me back in to, to live a little more. So I've, I've counted all borrowed time from him anyway. That's amazing. A lot of us are glad that he did. I am. I'm very glad he did. I wouldn't have got to see all this. Wouldn't have got to meet you, Jerry. Well, that made it all <laughs> worthwhile. <I guess. laughs> right. Now, see, now this is the pinnacle, Glenn. You're on a Jerry Williams morning show here. What more? Uh, Costas. Anybody can get on Costas. That's right. Very few people get on do. this show. <laughs> very few people. It says here in your bio, the official bio that the uh, promoter sent out, that you left home at 14. Mm -hmm. 14. Was there... Up until the point I'm reading your bio, this guy, you know, grew up in a Christian home, uh, was taught good Christian values, had a, a fairly decent upbringing. Yeah. Why did you leave home at 14? To play music, play and sing. I, boy, that's all I ever wanted to do. Went to Wyoming with my on uncle. your own at 14. Oh, I went with my uncle, oh, okay. dad's brother, to Wyoming. Uh, we played Casper, remember? And then they kicked us out of all the places because I was 14 years old. <laughs> Silly. And we, I went back home into Arkansas, but uh, went out to New Mexico and played with a guy called Texas Slim for a while. And uh, I think that's how I got away from church, uh, or what took me away from church. At 16, I started full-time in my band in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I was playing six nights a week, and we'd play the rodeo dances on Sunday nights. Hmm. And we'd play the clubs till 2 in the morning. You know, and I didn't, I didn't get up and go to church, and I got out of the habit. Because when you was home, you went to church with Mama. I mean, I'm one of 12 kids, and we were all breastfed, and you were in church. Mama went to church every Sunday. So that's, and I got out of the habit until I found myself going down a few wrong paths. Hmm. And I asked Jesus to help, and he did. It's amazing. We're talking with Glenn Campbell. We're going to hear some more from his uh, brand-new compact disc, Show Me Your Way. I used to go to all the secular conventions, yeah. you know, and it was, it was wine, women, and booze, you know, <laughs> literally. And probably in that order. And you go to the Christian conventions, and it's just, it's friendly, it's nice, there's no hollering, there's no anger, there's no cursing. It's just, what a difference it is. I didn't really, I didn't really know there could be that much difference in, in secular and Christian, but there is. I suppose that's good, though. No, very It's supposed good. to be that way. You know, there's no, there's, no, there's no lying and cheating and bickering on the table. You know, there's not, not trying to buy something yeah. off or, you know, here, Gary, here's 10, get my record to spin, you know. <laughs> that routine. Of course, that never hurt. No. <laughs> we don't want to say that. Glenn, just in the couple of minutes we have left with you, uh, there are, first of all, I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know that you did some work with the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had done, I, I did session work in the 60s as a guitarist. I'd played on the Beach Boys records, and when Brian Wilson got sick, uh, they... They called me on Thursday. I said, Brian isn't going to make the Dallas date, Glenn. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? They said, we want you to do Brian's part. And I said, in two days, huh? And I knew the part, actually, and I could play it on bass. But uh, I didn't know the words, so I just did the part. And uh, it, was, it was great fun. I was with them about eight months. And it was like, the whole eight months was like rubbing your stomach and patting your head, playing bass and singing the high part. <laughs> While I was with them, we walked in the station in Akron, Ohio, and I saw a sign that said, think a little more of others and a little less yourself. 
And they wouldn't ever, they wouldn't do interviews with the, you know, high school papers and college papers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what it was. It's that rock and roll stigma, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I, I ended up talking to the to the press people, and that, that's that's how I wrote less of me. I let me be a little kinder. Let me yeah. be a little blinder to the faults of those about me. Let me praise a little more. Let me be a little meeker with the brother that is weaker. Think a little more of others and a little less of me. I wrote that when I was with the Beach Boys. It's amazing just to sit here and talk with you about some of these stories and, and just the, the memories that come back from hearing, golly, yeah, that's right, that was Glenn Campbell on that song, or that's Glenn who wrote that song. Yeah, I think the Lord's had a hand in everything I've done. In fact, he's had his hand all over everything I've done, <laughs> maybe with the exception of a couple of things. A couple of minutes, you mentioned a little earlier about, uh, they used to tell you, don't mention you're married. You are oh, married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got how many? Three kids? Oh, yeah. I got three new little ones. Uh, Caledonia. Nicholas Caledonia is eight, and Shannon Webb. I named him after Jimmy Webb. Mm. Named the person after Jack Nicholas. Uh, Shannon Webb is uh, six, and Ashley Noel is four years old, my little girl. You miss him? Yeah, I just left him in yesterday. at uh, We did the 700 Club, and I. Mm-hmm. they went to see Kim's grandparents in North Carolina. They're 93 and 90. Ace was 93, and Grandma Pearl is 90, and I wanted the kids to go down and see him again, because you never know at that age. I have a Grandma Pearl who will be 91 in November. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. And my mom's 86. That's just amazing. Glenn, I know you're uh, on a tight schedule, and uh, we appreciate you coming down here. Appreciate the, uh, the new album, and just hope to hear many more things from you. Well, thank you. I really do appreciate it, Jerry, and... Uh, it's such a pleasure to come to Christian radio station. The atmosphere is a lot, a lot different <laughs> than secular for some reason. God only knows why. Well, let's hope. But no, I'm I'm serious about my commitment to Christ and my commitment to the art form of music. Uh, and I really admire a lot of the Christian artists. I admire Sandy Patio a great deal. You know, and Russ, mm-hmm. Russ Tapp, and I think Stephen Curtis Chapman is is great. In oh, fact, I'm going to do one of his songs secular. A couple of his songs secular. We're looking forward to that. What I'm going to try to do, I'm cutting the secular on Capitol in November, and I want to, I'm going to get some of the Christian artists to write me some songs. Lord willing. We'll be looking forward to that. Thank you. Glenn Campbell, thank you very much. And that will do it for another episode of Life with Jerry Williams. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Glenn Campbell. What a tremendous guy. Uh, he was on the Dove Awards a few years or a year, I guess, before I did that interview. He talks early in that segment about uh, Russ Taff and how sometimes he calls him Ross. He actually called him Ross when he announced that he had won the award, a Dove Award it, that year, he misread the teleprompter, and we, we would give Glenn a hard time about that for years to come. Glenn Campbell, what a tremendous, tremendous figure. Uh, passed away back in 2017, but his music still lives on. Now, if you are listening to this podcast the day it comes out, Monday, November the 2nd, tomorrow is Election Day 2020 for the United States. If you haven't voted early, make sure that you vote tomorrow And uh, on the next episode of the podcast, we'll know who the next president is going to be, whether President Trump will remain a resident of the White House or if Joe Biden gets in there or if some mysterious write-in candidate perhaps will win. That would be that would be amazing. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Again, I apologize a little bit for the uh, audio quality, but that interview with Glenn Campbell was on cassette 
from 1991 sitting in a moving box has been carted around the country by me ever since I left New York in 1995. So I think it, it cleaned up pretty good and, and the content was worth listening through a little bit of hiss and crackle for. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast. That way you won't miss an upcoming episode. And if your podcast platform allows it give us a review a five-star rating would be fabulous that will help other people find the podcast as well and next week another exciting episode of life with jerry williams